Start a small business. <laughs> no need to work 40, 50 hours a week, slaving your life away. Obtain financial freedom. Be your own boss and create your own destiny. Moguls are the new superstars. The path to country club membership and at least Mercedes Benz is paved in gold as you take your business trips to Orlando or Vegas. Validation from your in-laws is just an LLC and Facebook business page away. At least, that's what they tell you anyways. Through social media, websites, and targeted ads, you're sold an image. Small business owners seem to walk on water. You'd think you're the last person on Earth working a regular job with a regular boss. But there's trouble in paradise, and its name is In Over Your Head. People start looking to start their own business, don't know what they don't know. But that's why we started our Small Business Confidential podcast, to share what we've learned from years of experience. There's not a lot of people in on this, so remember, dear podcast listeners, you heard it here first, off the record, on the QT, and very hush-hush. Hi, everybody. It's been a break for a while, uh, summer vacation, and with me is a new guest. Well, he's been on before, Brooke Riley, my middle son. Brooke, how you doing? Hey, good. How you doing? Good. All right. We're going to have a, a, just a quick hitter, just to remind everybody we're still around. And then we're going to really take off in the next uh, couple of weeks with, you know, more podcasts. But the one that really grabbed my attention, Brooke, was a story that was in the New York Times this Sunday, July 31st, written by Pamela Paul. It's entitled, The Best Ec Extracurricular is a Job. And she talks about the value of working at a part-time job after school also summer jobs, but just basically working throughout your high school instead of going to uh, endless AP courses and, um, you know, cramming for the SAT. So we're going to just uh, touch on base now. Brooke, you, uh, you're 33, right? 33. All right, 33. So it's been uh, 15 years since you were uh, in high school, and you also had your experience working uh, at Falcon Camp in the summers. So why don't you, uh, looking back 15 years ago, you're getting married, you're going to have kids. You know, how would you raise your kids, given your own experience, your own upbringing, in terms of uh, part-time jobs? Yeah, well, I think both my fiance and I, I mean, she always had a part-time job when she was in middle school, high school. I mean, she had like a babysitting network. She was a hostess at a restaurant after work uh, in high school. Uh, and then with me, you know, working at Riley Painting in the summers, working at uh, summer camp in the summers, uh, working in the off season at that camp and throughout RPC. I mean, I think that it's looking back I would say that there's a lot of things that I learned in education going to going to school, but I mean, I don't remember, I'm not applying things I learned in, in chemistry or physics or analyzing, you know, Thoreau. I remember, or I'm, I've learned more through 
doing things that I didn't want to do at work, you know, working late, working in the colds, working in the heat. I mean, doing manual labor kind of builds this mental toughness that I wish I held on to a little bit earlier in my life, but I think I've, I've applied it pretty well over the past, you know, nine to 10 years. Right. Uh, you know, I'm curious, um, obviously hindsight's always 2020, but when you're in the moment in high school, you're, you're constantly getting bombarded by, um, there's a kind of a insidious messaging that's going on about the value of going to college. Well, what, do you remember what, how you were processing that? Well, at the time I was, I think a little jealous of my friends who were very, you know, they knew where they were going to go to school. They knew where they wanted to go to school. Their parents had a plan. And for me and, you know, you and mom, it was, I mean, college wasn't the logical next step. I think for someone like Lindsay, you know, my, our, my sister, your daughter, and Travis, I think it was a bit of a, I don't want to say no brainer, but it was like, yeah, I think, you know, if she wants to go to school here, if he wants to go to school there. But I remember for you with Travis, it was, hey, these are the two, these are the two schools that you, that we will pay for you to go to. And I think that was smart. I think you and mom saying, hey, look, yeah, I mean, if you want to go to school to study becoming a better artist, then that's great. But these are the two schools that we think you should go to. Yeah, I uh, think I was telling uh, friends of mine at that time who had kids going to school, they don't get to pick the school. Listeners out there, I one thing I'm absolutely positively know for sure is the kid who's not paying for college doesn't get to pick the school. Now, if they want to pay, if they want to bust their ass during the summer, save up money, because th th this was obviously that's their dream. But most of the time, kids are, you know, they, they're picking a school and they, they have no idea how much it costs. It's the parents that are taking out the loan, the home equity loan. And that's, in a lot of ways, what's led to the crash in 08. I mean, there were two major contributors to the crash. One was medical bankruptcy, uh, where people had to draw money from their house to pay for a medical emergency because the health insurance was so screwed up. And the second was to pay for an education for their kids to go to some elite college, which after two years, all they were doing was partying. So I'm a big believer in no, no, you don't, no, you don't pay for it. You don't get to pick. In fact, I am a huge believer in the gap year. So we've talking about a side job, after school job, a summer job where you're just working your working muscle. Um, but touch on the gap year because you did the gap year. Yeah, I did the gap year. But for all the listeners out there. Full disclosure, I mean, I've been sober for the past, I'll have nine years in October. 
So for me, my gap year, I, I think, was the year that I got sober because the gap year when I was 19, there wasn't a plan. There wasn't a structure. I mean, it sounded kind of cool. Hey, I'm going to go see my godfather in Idaho and I'm going to work at my summer camp in the fall, uh, work at our, you know, work at the family company. But I was only doing it to appease my family. But the year I got sober was the year that I probably learned the most in my entire life. So, yeah, I think that for me, that gap year was, I mean, you know, it, it, really saved my life. And I think it put me on a path that led me to where I am now. Right. Running the company. I mean, literally folks, uh, you know, Brooks, the controller of the company, he's got major, major authority in the company. So, but, uh, and he didn't graduate from college. He, what, a year and a half at Ohio university. Yeah. And then got yanked out by us. And then because uh, just partying too hard. I tell you one thing, I am astounded when I think of look back and I watch, you know, movie clips or whatever, where they're talking about, hey, kids are going to college to have fun. Right. I think to myself, really? You're paying 50 grand parents to send your kid to college to have fun. No, they're supposed to go there like Brooke, your younger brother, uh, Travis, because he, from day one, from a year old, he was always drawing. So, I mean, you know, that's all he did there. And retrospect, we should have put a little bit more structure on him in terms of, hey, get a double major because he's a phenomenal actor. I'm kicking myself. I didn't say take a double major, get into theater, because then he would have had a, developed a lot of friendships. But that's another story. My point is, look, it, you don't send your kids to college to party. OK, period. If they're partying, you're yanking them out and send, send them to a program or something. But because that that is a huge red flag. Your thoughts with your friends? Hey, let's stop here. We got to pay some bills. 30 seconds and we'll be back. If you enjoy listening to our Small Business Confidential podcast, we're sure you'll enjoy our first podcast, The Cleveland Real Estate Investor. We give outside investors an inside look into the real estate market in Cleveland. Cleveland has been on the rise and investors from all over see those cheap prices and salivate. Our job is to educate those investors and steer them in the right direction with several years of experience of how to do it right and many examples of how to do it wrong. Find the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast on any app you listen to your podcast today. Yeah, I think a lot of my friends, or a good amount of them, you know, on the weekends they would cut loose, but they always knew on Sunday and throughout the week that no i i can't go to the bar with you brooke i have to finish four assignments so and then there were a couple of my friends were like yeah screw it i'll come out and you know i wonder what they're doing with their life now but i think the other 
side of this is I have, I can't even tell you how many friends I have who they went to really good schools to study one thing. And now they're in a completely different field. And I remember I got into an argument or not an argument, but a pretty heated discussion with one of my friends and said, Hey, look, you went to this great school to study art. And now you're a social worker. If you had to do it over again, would you still, you know, would you do it uh, again and have to now pay over $200,000 in student loan debt? Or would you go to a local school here for a couple of years to become a social worker? And I said, no, I would do it all over again. And that just blew my mind that you would waste that money on studying for a degree for four years and now you you don't even use it now i get it hey if it you know living in a cool city and going to a really great school it's like yeah that sounds sexy but you know six seven years later it's like that student loan debt is coming yeah that sounds awful like i'd rather go to a school here like john carroll get my undergrad. And if I want to go to a good school to be a social worker for two years, okay, fine. I'll go to case or I'll go to Cleveland yeah. state. But I think left out of all this is the money. It's just not, it's almost bad form, bad manners, B class A, whatever you want to call it to actually talk about why you're going to college. You're going the the underlying thing for most parents is I will take out a $200,000 loan on my house to send my kid to college because they're going to get a good job. This will be worth it. The actual reality is they don't get a good job because they are, they are divorced or separated, or there's a Chinese wall there talking about money. So they never learn how to make money. They never learn what money is about. It's almost too dirty to talk about it. And that is what having that extracurricular job is about. Because that is as important as learning physics or chemistry, if not more, or a second language. The ability to make money, save money, actually have a goal that you're using this money for a trip you're going to buy a motorcycle a guitar a sewing machine or you're going to invest it and that's where parenting comes in talking to them about money your final thoughts brooke on this yeah i think that it's important to have i mean for me like i said having a part-time job doing jobs that when I was young, I didn't want to do, but I was told, nope, you're not going to be able to go out if you don't get these eight things done. Or, you know, I mean, I think that really builds that mental toughness. So when you are, you know, in the quote unquote real world and you have to finish eight things, you've, you've just kind of built up this, I don't know. It's like this like steel kind of like armor where it's like, okay, this sucks. This is hard, but I got to get it done. Yeah. And that's why a lot of, why a lot of people, you know, Marine Corps is such a, such a great experience. It's like a car wash for your soul really toughens you up. Nobody wants to hear your excuses. 
why you didn't get it done. You either get it done or we're getting somebody else or you're running laps. You're not going out. And so that kind of softening of a person's work ethic happens when they're constantly being coddled in high school. Now you don't have to give the old, I walked 50 miles to school with no shoes. You know, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the gradual toughening up of a teenager um, instead of being coddled. I didn't mean to step on you. You want to finish your, your thoughts? No, I just, I think it's, uh, I know that when I have kids, I'm gonna, I mean, I know for one right now, I'm not looking at saying, yeah, go to any, any college you want by that time, it'll probably be $300,000. So I mean, no, no there's going to be Google college. They're starting to eat the college education lunch. Go ahead. Well, I think when I'm a parent, I mean, it's easy to say now I don't have any kids, but, you know, having thought about it as my wedding day is approaching, I'm going to, you know, I want my kids to have a part-time job. I think it builds good mental toughness. I want them to learn how to save money. And when it comes time to going to college, like unless they want to, you know, like if they know exactly what they want to do, then we'll have, we'll have that talk. But I'm a big believer in taking a gap year, taking some time off before you decide. But, you know, that's 18 to 20 years away from here. So yeah, I'm well, not I think one, about it too much. One of the most important things that everybody out there who's interested in talking about this, listening to this podcast about, you know, developing high school students and the importance of college is to just always remind yourself going to college is not a life or death. Okay. You're not going to be a failure if you go, if you don't go to college. The irony of it is, with all the college student debt that these kids are mired in, the, often there's a high probability if you go to college, you'll be a failure. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the irony. I mean, these kids got debt coming out of their eyeballs. Parents, you know, sunk money in. Now they got debt on their house. And for, and for what? So anyways, for small business people, how this connected to small business, and these are my just final wrap-up points. Small business confidential begins with these small jobs, the paper route, working at a restaurant, dishwashing, cutting grass, caddying, uh, knocking on doors, knocking on doors and asking your, your neighbors, hey, do you need some help? I'll tell you one thing, in today's economy, with the shortage of labor, a 16-year-old who would just knock on six doors would have six jobs easily. Oh, my God. Yeah, 15, 20 an hour. I mean, they'd be killing it in terms of what they could be making now. But instead, they, they don't see the opportunity in front of them. And that's the other thing. You know, unless you're out there experiencing work, some form of work outside of your home, you fail to see the, the, the opportunities there. 
So anyways, Brooke, it's Sunday. Let's call it a day. Folks, we're back online with more podcasts coming up later in the week. Okay, Brooke? All right. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Confidential. To support, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Also add our podcast to your favorite streaming services. Everything is appreciated, and we'll be back soon with another episode and upload schedule. The person voicing the intro's name is Travis Riley. Thank you, Travis. And the music was done by our engineer, me, Amari.